0: Hi, welcome to the Short-Term Rental University podcast. I'm Erica Bossi, and I am joined with the very uh, talented and brilliant and very handsome Richard Fertig. You're
1: too kind, but thank you so much, and thank you all for joining us. For those of you that are listening to this, we happen to be in the studio, so we're actually on YouTube with the camera, so you can see. The beautiful Ms. Bossy.
0: We're twinning today. We are. And In true quarantine style, we've got sweatshirts on and twinning.
1: <laughs> you know, anything we can do to have a little bit of fun during right. this um, quite challenging period. And you know, you're the hostess of this entire Short-Term Rental University podcast. And on behalf of myself and the audience, we yes. thank you. Mm-hmm. But there's been so much to cover since our last podcast that I'd really love to find out where you want to start. Like, where do we, how far back do we go back or do we just start like right here, right now?
0: You know, let's let's keep it present. Let's keep it present. Um, So we're here together in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, Yeah, with the Diggies and...
1: The dogs. (laughs)
0: Yeah. In April and... um, It's, uh, gosh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's been quite a week, month, day.
1: Quarter, (laughs) Ah! year.
0: Yeah, it really has. How are you holding up? um,
1: You know, I would say the following. Um, I have days where I'm filled with enthusiasm, excitement, optimism. And then I think the gift that I'm receiving from this quarantine and isolation and being with you and the dogs and separate from... The world and reality is um, the opportunity to reflect on the things that I want to do better, uh, the things that um, I'm grateful for, the opportunities or the direction. You know, I said it earlier, we went on Facebook Live and I said this to you yesterday, but I'm a big planner and a believer of designing your life and figuring out what it is that you want to do. And I think the big gift that the isolation has given me is the opportunity and the time to just revisit that, right? Like there's been this massive exogenous shock. And so we now know more about the world and ourselves and others than we did before. And to just follow on the same path without pause or reflection or being contemplative seems like a missed opportunity. And so yesterday, as challenging as it was, um, I was really thinking about my future, our future, our business future, short-term rental university future, and just making sure that the path that I was on before this massive exogenous event Right. Remains the path I want to be on or do I want to take a step to the left or a step to the right or turn around? You know, maybe I've seen something now that I didn't know could happen and and I want to change. And in our particular case, um, I would say that it really came down to um, how much risk, energy, effort um, we want to put forward on a go forward basis, knowing that at any point in time, something could now come and just take us out overnight, right? Like there wasn't a lot of time to prepare if you were a small business owner, or a restaurant owner, and the pandemic hit, like whatever you had in the bank, whatever your employees were, whoever you had hired, like that was frozen in time. And that's who you went to war with, right? Right. Um, and so I just wanted to reevaluate, you know, where we are. We're quite fortunate not to say that we were spared from from loss or pain or suffering from this pandemic, but, you know, knowing how fragile it is and how at a moment's notice we could almost turn into um, a government-controlled state or our civil liberties and freedom be taken away or our businesses stopped or too much leverage. Right. So I just wanted to reflect on that and... Um, we, we contemplated semi-retiring or even retiring or pulling back a little bit on some of the investments that we have going forward. And I don't wanna to suggest to anybody listening that uh, decisions are made at a point in time in one minute. This is just a data point that while I'm well aware of risk and I manage my life, our life using risk versus reward, Right. there was a risk that I had never seen before that was now introduced into the mix, and we just had to analyze it. But I'd love to hear from your perspective and share with everybody as openly and transparently, like what's it like to be on that other end with (laughs) Richard, who's generally upbeat, optimistic, excited, going through that introspective, pensive process?
0: Well, you know, it. It was a really challenging day. It was a really challenging day. Um, I think it's a really challenging time. Um, Not I think it is. It's just a challenging time. Um, And it is really interesting. I don't know if it's just lack of life experience, you know, if it's just... um, you know, choices that I've made, you know, in the past and now currently, um, you know, people that in the past I've shared my life with and now who I, you know, choose to share my life with now. But this is new for me. <laughs> this is new for me. I remember nine eleven. I remember, you know, where I was. I remember what I was doing and who I was, you know, with. I remember who I was, you know, I was sitting next to a girlfriend on the couch, um, you know, watching the television, you know, early in the morning. And I remember, uh, but I was, I was on the West Coast. I didn't, I didn't have, my entire family's on the West Coast. Um, While I wasn't immune to it, while I was affected by it, and while I was, there was an awareness, um, it's, it was very different. It was very different Um, and so I am just, um, I am very consciously trying to engage every day um, with as much grace and faith and humanity and Love and connection, um, and more, more gratitude um, than I can even possibly express. But you know, with that, it's it's still a lot. And so yes. you know, it just so it, it was a very different type of conversation. You know, or in conversations that we had, you know, yesterday because it was um not just pay not just being aware and paying respect to like where we are right now and wanting to make the best decisions for us for our families um you know for the girls moving forward but with the anticipation that 10 years from now you know how we know there's going to be something what we don't know what that something is, right. um, and how do we prepare for that? Because with as, as blessed as we are, we're still affected, and I don't know how one prepares for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'll share with everybody a little bit more about the conversations that we had yesterday. And I also think it's a really um, very different shock to the system, the 9-11 terrorism versus the pandemic. Um, But what I said earlier about reflecting and including that knowledge in your sample as you analyze and design and plan, for example, there were many people who lived in New York City during 9-11 as I did, who were so distraught and so emotional and so fearful. And by the way, that's perfectly rational and sane. I'm not minimizing that, but they literally changed their lives, pulled kids out of private school of New York City, quit jobs, decided to move to rural Vermont and lead a different life where they prioritized things other than perhaps career and job, maybe it was family or community. And that was a very personal decision and decisions that many people, many families made. The vast majority of people stayed in New York and made a different decision Um, But it was in that vein that we spent some time, I spent some time yesterday initially thinking about it. And although Erica wanted to be here and now, we actually started this whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, We were in Jackson Hole. We flew to Palm Springs, California to look at some real estate for a 1031 exchange on our way to heli skiing for my 50th birthday. Then from there, we went to west palm beach or costa rica no west palm beach looking at another deal that i was looking at and then from there we went down to nosara costa rica where we have the living hotel and as this thing got bigger and more serious and more worldwide and global and lockdowns and so on we found ourselves in in nosara and we were in costa rica and we were really comfortable with that and Really safe. Nobody was panicked. There was no food shortage. There was toilet paper for days. I mean, there was just like all of the things that we kept seeing in social media. We were sort of outside of that. And we were together, which was lovely. And we were walking on the beach and we were swimming every day. And while the world was in a very challenging place and our investments and our decisions and we were in flux and we were in crisis mode. It was really nice that we could put the phone down and walk on a beach and go in the ocean. And it was just an incredible quality of life, so right. much so that we actually made the active decision to stay in Costa Rica. Right. We said, you know, we would like to stay down here. We don't need to go back to the states where everybody's panicked and there's shortages and there's hoarding right. and like fear. It just doesn't benefit us. This We know this will pass. So let's ride out the storm in this safe harbor. Um, and that was all wonderful until Trump closed down the borders, at which point we reevaluated and said, well, the border closure is indefinite. That's right. the language that they kept broadcasting, right. I think, in essence, to effectively scare Americans to return to America. Right. And it worked. We got scared and we were like, well, I don't know that I can stay down here. If it's 30 days, great. 60 days, great. Six months, six years. I don't know. You know, like right. we might need to come back into the country. Right. And so we came back into the country um, and we're here in Jackson Hole, which is a wonderful place to be. It's mud season, which means I can't ski, and we go on hikes, and we're thinking about getting Erica a bike, and we might go <laughs> cycling. But the point is, very safe, very protected, wonderful community, right. no panic, no hoarding. Um, literally everything we could ever want is here, and so we've got a great apartment, and we're with the condo, we're with the dogs, and it's a wonderful place. But in that sort of like post 9-11, when people decided to change their lives and move to rural Vermont, for instance, it was that sort of mindset that I was in where, you know, when 9-11 happened, I was, what, 20 years younger? Right, 18 years younger? That's a very different mindset as far as like reboot, right. restart, rebuild, start all over. Like if I right. lost all my business in 19, you know, ninety eight. I could rebuild, I was a young man. And not that I'm old now, but I'm at a different point in my life and in my cycle. And the concept of like rebooting today right. doesn't seem something like, like I'm drawn towards. And I can't even imagine 10 years from now when I'm 60 or 20 right. years from now when I'm 70. Right. And so we're using that concept to retool our business and our lifestyle and our outlook such that it can never be taken away. Right. 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And so we're making some changes, but there was a concept and um, we discussed it and we might do portions of it or the whole thing, but there was a discussion about moving down to Costa Rica for 12 months and just going down there and living down there. And um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Costa Rican. So, you know, it's got a lot of personal meaning to me. It's absolutely glorious.
0: For those of you that don't know, I am not.
1: (laughs) You are not, but- but that was you know I want to share with people when I say that we now have new data points and can reflect, and I'm at a different right. age and I've got more responsibility and more businesses and more um, employees and people I'm responsible for. you know I'm not that young twenty something eager to like you know just go out and hustle all day long, not that I mind it or I'm scared of it, but I'm perhaps a little bit more mature and more intellectual and more knowledgeable and It'd be silly to just ignore it.
0: Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think what it really comes down to is that, you know, we're just nothing's a given. We're not taking anything for granted. Um, We don't want to go through this journey, this period of time, this space passively. Um, We want to be present in it um, and we want to choose. each and every direction. And we want to do that together, but we want to do it thoughtfully and, you know, out of respect for the fact that, um, again, incredibly blessed, incredibly fortunate that we have different levers to pull different options, different choices. Um, we're not, you know, it's not one way or no way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's thoughtful. I think it's respectful. I think it's, it's, and it's really, really healthy. Um, I don't think, I think it's really healthy that we're consciously, very communicatively, very honestly touching, you know, base, you know, with each other and making sure that we continue to be in alignment, that we continue to, that we see the next steps, Similarly, yeah. No, and I, together, think, and...
1: I think. I um, think the words that I used earlier were intentional, and you said respect. I think it's um, it's really important to view this pandemic and this crisis as a gift. There are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide that have lost their lives or that are suffering. There's hundreds of thousands or millions of ER and medical doctors and people that are working all hours and risking their lives and so on and so forth. And a shout out to my man, Andy Chu, who's a short-term rental university member and he's a Mm frontline traveling nurse and he's doing it, yeah, nonstop. So thank you, Andy, and to Mm -hmm. all of you like Andy for risking your lives to save others. And so you use the word respect and I'll use the word we've been given a gift because by and large, we've been spared even though we have financial loss and adversity and deals are our suffering and like, there's minimal stuff relative to human life. But consequently, since we've been spared the sickness and so on, we have to view this time in a positive way right. as a gift. Right. And it's incumbent on each of us to make something great out of it. And I don't care if it's you start, you know, drawing or painting again, or you take up poetry, or you start reading, or you record a podcast, or you think about the concepts that we talked about earlier and change your life in a direction. But this is not a time out where you just binge watch Netflix, get through it, you took a nice restful opportunity, and you keep moving on like unaffected. We owe it to one another and to humanity to question and evolve. Yes. From it.
0: Yes. I completely agree. I want to be active. Um, I want to be an active participant in, in this process.
1: And what I've said before, you know, it's at points of inflection, points of crisis, points of discomfort, points of fear, points where your back is up against the wall, that the decisions that you make and the actions that you take change profoundly the course of your life. So in 2008, when I was running a $4 billion hedge fund, I actually lost my job the first trading day, January 5th of 2009, not because of anything I did, but because the market, the world just necessitated even more loss, even more jobs right. destroyed, even more families you know, hurt. Um, and so the way that I behaved through that period set me up to be sitting up here in the loft on the podcast, with you together in isolation. If I had behaved in a different way or asked different questions or just ignored all of that and continued on the linear path that I must be a hedge fund manager, I must resume to exact same place that I was before,
0: right.
1: I don't know that I would have succeeded. That market has never really come back, um, but I would be a different person in a different relationship with a different mindset with perhaps no YouTube audience or podcast or anything right. like that, right? So. Use me as an example, it's during these points of inflection and pain and crisis and suffering and loss and so on that the decisions that you make, as small as they may seem now, have a material and profound effect when compounded over the next 3,650 days, over the next decade, what you're doing right now will impact where you are 10 years from now. So make it count, think about where you are today, Where you want to be 10 years from now and what you need to change, include, get rid of, add, learn, unlearn, relationship to move past, relationship to enter into. But do something, take action now so that 10 years from now you look back and you're like, damn, that funny looking dude with the Cornell sweatshirt and the podcast stuff up in the loft with the beautiful blonde. Like, I'm glad I did that little thing because now look.
0: Right, right. No, I, I totally and completely agree. Um, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, we go back and forth, right? I mean, we're not callous at all to what so many people are, are struggling with and going through. Um, we hear you. Our hearts go out to you. Um, I'm so sorry for any moment of pain, any moment of fear, any moment of uncertainty. Um, I know there are plenty of people hurting. Um, It's really interesting um, the way that we've kind of had to very consciously structure our day and how different we are. Believe it or not, we're very different. (laughs) Our problem solving is very different. you know, I will very much compliment you and your business mind and your business sense and the way that you kind of tackle and, and the different ways that you, you know, navigate a problem and come up with solutions. And I think it's, you know, one of the things that make us a really, a really great team. And I can't imagine, I mean, there's nobody else I'd rather be in quarantine with. <laughs> well,
1: let me, let me just say this. I, I, appreciate all of your compliments, but I think um, you often short sell yourself. Uh, The emotional intelligence you have, the heart, the perspective, the things that are really important aren't the quantitative assessments and the way that my mind works. It's really the foundational fundamental humanity, um, which I absolutely love about you and hopefully you can help others uh, along that path. But I think it's really important for me to realize you know, I discuss all of these matters in a sort of removed, unbiased way. It's intellectually stimulating to me. I love. I don't love the pain and suffering. I don't love the loss. I don't love people. I don't want to minimize any of that. But like the concept of figuring this out and making moves in advance, She's on and fire. it's like She's I'm on just fire. yeah. I've I'm,
0: never seen this version of you.
1: It's 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 like what I've built for right Right. so like the 2008 crisis where i lost my job it was like that too i was sitting there you know commander in charge of the ship and i'm going down with the ship and i'm doing everything in my power to make sure that we're not going down and so like it's just uh bombarded with facts and so the point that i was making is just not only do we deal with it differently but because she's so sensitive the things that i really fear i i like to talk about and then i see the parameters like here's the worst case scenario and here's seven million other case scenarios and here's the best case scenario and i i can't just spend all my time in like the best case scenario because i need to see the bounds i need to see the extremes i need to understand the pain the loss the suffering the total wipeout like the total devastation of like humanity and then like humanity is great but i need to see that whole spectrum and what i've realized in in quarantine with you is that You obviously don't think that way, as you said earlier, but like even hearing me talk about these scenarios that may not happen while I find them intellectually stimulating and helpful, like they're scary to you. Yes. And so I want to share with the audience that if you're in a relationship or just with your kids or whatever, if you're more like me, you might be able to speak unemotionally removed unattached to these outcomes and also put like very little credibility into them but need to discuss them but just be mindful that maybe your kids are fearful or your sister or somebody else who's present who thinks in a different way and behaves differently than you might be adversely affected and and that wasn't my intention or desire to me it's kind of like this is the worst case scenario this is the best case scenario this is where I think we're going to be And she's still stuck on like, oh my gosh, what about the worst case scenario? And I'm like, oh no, we don't need to talk about it. We just need to highlight it and we can move on. And she's like, but, and I'm like, no, we're not living there. We can move on.
0: Right. I think again, it's just, it's an ongoing, you know, journey and we'll continue to, you know, talk and navigate through this together. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, uh, I'm just, I'm incredibly grateful to be going through it with you, so.
1: Likewise, I couldn't imagine going it with anybody else. I do very much miss my kids. I wish their um, safety and health and happiness. They're they're currently in New York City being very well cared for by their mother and their stepfather, both who are are medical professionals and surgeons, and so they're in great places. Um, That said, as a father, New York City, the epicenter of where this is, is not exactly where I want my most precious like in addition to you like the only things in life that I really care about right um and now once again it's the podcast I'm getting emotional (laughs) uh but I will say the following um and then I think maybe we we could move on to some of the news and some of the questions yeah uh having lived through a lot of adversity and a lot of uh similar type situations and other flus and other epidemics and other uh, really scary times with human loss and tragedy and financial loss and so on, um, I just want to reassure people and hopefully serve as a, a guide or um, a show of strength. I just want to confirm that what you're feeling is natural and it's okay but I'm gonna ask you to breathe, I'm gonna ask you to pause, I'm gonna ask you to think about the, swine, the the Spanish flu of 1917, where they didn't have social media, they didn't have the medical science, they couldn't develop a vaccine, they couldn't even communicate, um, or we just talked about on the, the YouTube video that we filmed right before this, um, the Asian flu of 1957 that wiped out millions of lives. You know, these things happen And as awful as it is, it's a natural disaster, it's the way of life, and it gives life a new meaning and new opportunity. And we will get through this and we will survive, and it has the opportunity to bring us closer together. And it's a time, it's a gift, this isolation, this quarantine. Think about what it is that you wanna do, how you wanna grow, who you wanna communicate with, what friendships you wanna strengthen. Um, what develop, what relationships you want to develop, what skills. I mean, it's just, it's a really magnificent gift. And we honor and respect people that have lost jobs, lives, friends, family um, through it by growing and coming out and doing something great with it. And if we all do that, the world will be a better place. And I'm highly confident that that's the outcome. I just can't tell you when. If I could, I'd snap my fingers, it'd be tomorrow. Right. And if it wasn't tomorrow, it'd be next week. And if it wasn't next week, it'd be next month. I personally think by summer of um, 2020, while our lives will be permanently affected and our behavior will be changed and travel will be slower and people won't get on cruise ships and we'll wash our hands more and we'll sanitize and social distancing will be a little bit right. um, p- more prevalent than it was before,
0: Right.
1: life will resume back to where we were and those that took this opportunity to grow and develop will be in an advantageous position relative to those that just hung out and did like TikTok videos and watched Netflix. Not that there's anything wrong with relaxing and taking a pause and giving yourself the grace to like unwind, like that's really important too but it can't be one or the other. You can't be super stressed and growing through the whole period or just in totally relaxed and pretending like nothing's happening and just right. come out the other side, right? right? Like we have to learn and grow from it.
0: Right. One of, the, one of my most favorite quotes that I've read during this time was, you know, we're all so anxious to get back to our regular schedules. Take this time to decide what is worth getting back to. And right. you know, what are you so anxious to get back to? And I just, I love that, That's, that spoke to me. Um, I'm really, really trying to do that. Um, so share with us.
1: As you've been reflective about this, what are the things that you're anxious to get back to or excited is probably a better word. And what are the things that are maybe less exciting?
0: You know, I think, um, I think I'm really excited, um, really excited for the freedom to choose, choose, you know, whether or not I want to eat dinner in, um, whether or not I want to go to a movie, whether or not I want to go to, you know, go for a hike or go to the gym, um, whether or not, um, you know, I, I want to be able to hug people. I want to be able to shake people's hands. I want to be able to get. I want the choice to go and see my dad. Um, and right now, if I wanted to, I can't because he's within kind of the the age group that really needs to be distanced, you know, from everyone. And so, um, I took my family's health for granted i took you know just you know spending time with them when it was convenient um i think that i will you know i think that there's a lot of people that um are either lonely by themselves, going through this process by themselves, um, in quarantine by themselves, um, you know, relationships transitioning, and um, I'm so, I want to take better care of of this relationship. I want to take better care of the relationship that You know, I have with your girls, with my family, with my friends. I want to be more active in my life and less passive. Um, I want to take better care of myself. Um, I think that I was very lackadaisical, um, every, I mean, for the most part. as far as really kind of defining and celebrating and participating in my purpose, and um, I'm really excited to to explore that and to grow into that and to just I want to I want to start showing up every day, um, and I don't want to take my health for granted. I'm not going to allow you to take your health for granted. Um, And I think, you know, as well, I kind of, quite honestly, kicked back, put my feet up, and um, rode this amazing and beautiful and uh, this ride um, that, I mean, that has become my life and haven't really been just invested in it and I think um, as we communicate more and shape it more and you know talk about it more and we're actively making more and more decisions I become more and more excited about I'm so excited about the OBX I'm so excited about the living hotel I mean going down to living hotel being there meeting the team um, forming those relationships I now don't feel like I'm just kind of along for the ride. I don't want to just be along for the ride. Um, I want to make the ride better. Well,
1: the funny thing is when Eric and I started dating a little over a year ago, she really didn't know why she was coming to the architects meeting for the OBX. (laughs) And she really didn't understand. And she was like, what am I doing here? And I had the presence of mind that I wanted her to be a part of all of this and I wanted her to grow and I wanted her to feel a part of it and so on. And we were just reflecting a couple of days ago that thank goodness you came to every single meeting and thank goodness you were present on all right. the calls. and Because now you are critically important part of the team and you do know what's going on and you're an invaluable resource. But at first you had no idea that you belonged and it was a little bit of a stretch for me to say, you should come. but. In a short year, you've grown so much, right? And um, I do just want to share with the audience, we haven't really been posting it on social media and we haven't been posting it on YouTube and it's out of respect for those that um, are going through more difficult times and we don't want to appear tone deaf, but uh, we're really fortunate and grateful that the people that we've partnered with and teamed with down in the Outer Banks continue to do construction through all this adversity. Uh, The entire county has been shut down. Construction is an essential service. So we are gainfully employing people that are showing up for work every single day and providing food, meals for their family and their loved ones and their sick ones. And I have no idea when the entire county will reopen. I have no idea when the coronavirus pandemic will clear and when we can move around and so on. We're very grateful that the vast majority of people's coming to the Outer Banks drive, and so like that takes that. Will people get on an airplane? Risk off the table, and we are proceeding full steam ahead as if this didn't occur. Respectful of what has occurred, um, respectful for the people that have lost so much during this period of time and we don't want to appear tone deaf or showboating or anything like that but if you've listened to the podcast for this many minutes i think you understand that our hearts are in the right spot and that we're sharing with you that we are investing committing capital growing the area continuing to grow the community continuing to grow ourselves as if we were unaffected and we plan to open on time and on budget all things you know being equal um, this summer, and so we're just full steam ahead. I'm super excited about it, and I can't wait to share with you guys some of these photos that we're receiving in real time. Super cool, unbelievable, absolutely gorgeous, spectacular, and Eric and I will be heading down to um, the Outer Banks as soon as we, even though I'm a homeowner, I'm a non-resident homeowner, um, there's these bridges that block access to the outer banks and we just can't cross them and we're not going to do anything that jeopardizes people's lives or try and like sneak in or anything like that so we're going to be courteous and respectful and safe and sound but as soon as those bridges open for non-resident homeowners Erica myself the dogs we're going to tow cars we're going to have I got a pickup truck we're (laughs) driving across the country I'm super excited to get on with that and uh, the best is yet to come
0: absolutely absolutely yeah so how about you? I mean, what? what?
1: You know, I think for me, um, I've really spent a lot of time, as we talked about it a little bit earlier, really thinking about what it is that I want to accomplish in the next 10 years and in the next 50. Uh, I just turned 50 and I think I'll live to 100, so I have 50 years. And what has really become very clear to me is that I care so much more about, um, relationships and happiness and health and experiences and adventure and travel and doing things, feeling alive, right? Like literally feeling alive. And I care much less about things like significance or ego or bragging rights or no disrespect to the YouTube channel or the podcast, but like I'm not motivated whether I have 35,000 viewers or followers or 50,000. Like, that's not my goal. That doesn't light me up in any way. If I can help those extra 15,000 people, yeah, that excites me. But it's not about me. It's more about helping others. Right. Um, And so to that end, I think what I've realized is a lot of the material wealth, the consumerism, the purchasing of this trophy (coughs) property or that trophy property or this car or that, like, I wasn't really all about that in the first place, and it just really cemented in my um, mind right now. Like, I have more than I need in every capacity. I have more love than I need. I have more uh, health than I need. I have more belongings than I need. Um, I have more resources than I need. And this quest for more, 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 to me, it's just sort of like, Enough. Let's let's figure out how we use what we have, the resources, the everything, to optimize our why and get closer to those love, relationships, experiences, and less about accumulation and more money and the wealth. That's all ego-driven, and you know, frankly, I think it's kind of small.
0: Well, it was really interesting. Part of the exercise that we did yesterday, you know, and trying to determine and really kind of. redefine, you know, our why was, you know, looking at the past year, what are the five most memorable, you know, significant moments? And that was
1: a really great exercise. So we had gone through this whole day of dialogue. It was a hard day on both of us emotionally. And Erica came up with this great um, question. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Just what, what were the five most memorable moments, most significant moments uh, that you had in the past year? And they were all moments that were that had to do with experiences, either moments that he and I shared or moments that um, he shared with his girls or that the uh, five of us shared. And not one of them was, you know, when I bought this car, when I did, you know, when I won this award, when I, you know, got that check in the mail. Um, It was all just these really beautiful, um, yeah, experiences, which supports our philosophy in that that is what we want to help create for others. Um, And that's what we want to continue to create and develop, not only, you know, with each other, but for our families and with our families. And so it was just a really great drill down.
1: Yeah, and I don't mean to suggest that my outlook needs to be your outlook, but I think that that question, like what are the five most memorable, important things in the last 12 months will help you? Like, God forbid you were on your deathbed and you were reflecting back on the last 12 months. What are the things that come to your mind? And whatever those things are, I encourage you to do more of those things for the next 12 years because your life will be more fulfilled.
0: And what I hope... Like my prayer for you, is that whether it be six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, if um, somebody were to ask you the question, you know, what are what are, you know, the five most significant moments um, that you've had, um, that you would say, you know, it was <laughs> it was actually in 2020 when I lost my job due to you know COVID-19. And it made me take a step back and really evaluate what it is that I want to do, you know, when I grow up or what, with the rest of my life. Um, how do I want to spend my time? And it, you know, forced me to pivot and go in a different direction. And so now I'm doing this, which is far more fulfilling, which lights me up, which I get to share with my partner, which, um, you know, has created more wealth, you know, for me than you know, my old job, you know, where I was, you know, going and, you know, clocking in from nine to five. Or, you know, it was, I was brave enough to go to leave, you know, a relationship that wasn't worthy of me and of my heart. And it was really, it was really hard and it was really scary and it was really lonely. But um, because of that, because I was so brave, because I was so strong, um, now I'm, You know, in this other, you know, relationship, living this really fulfilled and loving and, you know, um, life of alignment. And so, you know, while, I don't know, I I guess my prayer for you is that in the moments of darkness, um, that uh, that on the other side is, is nothing but light. Beautiful. So. Okay. I think, you know, there's something, did anything happen with Airbnb today?
1: Absolutely.
0: Really? Absolutely. You don't say. No, I
1: do say, oh, as a matter of fact, I do up. say. <laughs> yeah, so what I, what I wanna share um, before we turn to Airbnb in okay. the news yes. is just the final closing sentiment on- Please, I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean to. On COVID and the pandemic and the crisis that we're living through right now. Uh, these are the defining moments. The best is yet to come. We all have the opportunity to reshape, mold, configure, change, alter, include, remove everything. Yes. Everything. People will change careers. People will go from being focused on money and say being a stockbroker to volunteering at a homeless shelter. Like people will make massive dramatic changes in their lives and I'm not saying one is better than the other or more important. It's a very unique personal decision but I do implore you to take this opportunity, this gift to connect with yourself, connect with your loved ones, connect with your family, connect with your relationships and figure out how you want to come out the other side, what you do, what you don't do, what you look like, what you don't look like, where you spend your money, where you spend your time, where you spend your energy. And you do not, although the world will resume, you do not have to resume the exact same path. You could take a small step to the left. You could take a huge step to the left, right? Take a small step to the right or a huge step to the right. You could step forward. You could step backward. I mean, there's no prescription and it's not one size fits all. But for those of you listening, it's a major opportunity yes. and um, I don't want it to be lost. So right. with that, I think we should turn to Airbnb in the news. And Charles, if you will roll the film, um, I recorded on CNBC earlier today. Airbnb announced that they received a billion dollar investment from two private equity funds. They did not disclose the valuation.
2: He is raising a billion dollars, even as the coronavirus outbreak continues to hit the travel industry particularly hard. In a press release, Airbnb says private equity firms, Silver Lake and Sixth Street Partners will invest a billion dollars in a combination of debt and equity to support the startup's ongoing work. Now, the company did not disclose the latest valuation, but according to two sources, In early March, it lowered its internal valuation to $26 billion, and that's down from the $31 billion that it last raised money at in 2017. Now, the terms of the round, they were not disclosed either, but a source familiar with the matter tells me that there is no ratchet, and the terms are attractive for Airbnb, meaning that there is no terms that make sure that Airbnb has to go public at a certain time or perform a certain way. Morgan Stanley served as a financial advisor to Airbnb, and guys, This still doesn't tell us a lot about IPO plans. Of course, the company had said previously that it had planned to IPO this year, but obviously it's facing a lot of headwinds amidst the coronavirus and now just raising a billion dollars. So it could put that timeline further on.
1: But I think this is incredibly important for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was that the uh, news anchor who was discussing this said that um, the private equity firms believed that not only will Airbnb resume, they will come out the other side even stronger. And it's easy to say, but when you're taking a billion with a B, one billion dollars and putting your money where your mouth is, you better believe it. Um, And I believe it's really important for Airbnb to show the world right now that while they may have fumbled a lot of different things and they were caught off sides and they didn't really, you know, they were caught off guard, they didn't really handle the crisis the best that they could, that they are not broken, they are not injured, they are not um, going anywhere uh, and getting some of the smartest, brightest private equity firms to invest a billion dollars in them during this crisis, during this pandemic, when nobody is traveling, Really underscores, like, really underscores their business model, their future, their market share, uh, the dominance of home sharing in lodging, right? Like Marriott stock is down 70%. Hospitality is down massively on any public listed company down between 50 and 70%. And here a private company, a startup that was started just after the last financial crisis in 2008 is taking a private billion dollar investment Um, where the public ones aren't taking anything, right? Like that's not really happening. People are buying and selling shares, but nobody's coming in and buying a billion dollars worth of stock. And what I think that does is it sends a very clear message to the world and to hosts. Um, consistent with what it is that I've been saying, which is that the best is yet to come. And while this is a painful period and many, if not all of our Airbnbs are vacant, certainly revenues are down, certainly making mortgage payments is painful, certainly the cleaning teams and all the other people that we employ um, are injured, hurting, uh, not thriving. This is a real boost to the Airbnb business, Airbnb business model, Airbnb community, to hosts like you and I. We should take comfort. We should take um, measures that like, We are okay. They aren't going to go public. I made that prediction in 2019 when the stock market was peaking. I had no idea that there would be a pandemic, but I just knew there was way too many things going right and that we should expect the unexpected, and I predicted that they wouldn't go public. Now, unfortunately, through trillions of dollars of loss and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of of lives being lost, um, I'm proven correct, and I wish I wasn't. Right, like I really wish I wasn't correct, but the message that that sends to the universe that we can't go public now is very negative. And so it's a really smart thing that Airbnb did, which was to raise that private billion dollars of capital because that's a very positive thing. That's more positive in my opinion than going public. Right, like anybody can really go public assuming you meet all these thresholds and criteria, but it's not a boost where somebody says, here's a billion dollars of my hard earned investor money. You take it. Right. Um, So this really is a a very significant thing. I personally believe, and there's a little bit of a debate going on in our Facebook group, that they probably did it. I posted in the Facebook group that they reduced their valuation from the last raise in 2017, was I think 32 or 35 billion. They marked their own book down because of all of the loss of revenue and the pandemic and so on down to 26 billion. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess and I have no knowledge and the news report didn't include it, I I believe that the private equity valuation was even below the 26 billion self mark, maybe down at 25 or 24, something just to get the private equity money to come in quickly, Right. right? Just to get that positivity out into the world, that travel, and startup travel and home sharing and people wanting to have like live like a local and adventure and experience that doesn't go away and that's the message that i've been saying Um, i'm really upbeat and excited about the future we have we just counted i think eight different transactions that we're in escrow for or under contract for Uh, we've walked away from one so i guess we had nine um, but we haven't walked away from the others and we're sort of on a wait and see. The mortgage market right. is completely frozen right now. So there's a lot of financial uh, bottlenecks and roadblocks and obstacles and hurdles that we have to overcome. There's a lot of liquidity being injected by the Fed uh, and stimulus. And so like that will work its way through the system. Right. These bottlenecks will clear, life will resume, but this is really wonderful news. And I just wanted to share it with the audience and express to you just how positive it is. Absolutely. They're not being charitable. They're not taking a billion dollars and saying like, hey, we like you, so good luck. Right? They're putting a billion dollars because they think it's the best place for them to earn a risk-adjusted return that's better than every other investment, right? Think about that for a second. Somebody with a lot of money, and you don't get a lot of money by being a dummy, somebody with a lot of money with really smart investors in their fund is saying, for my money and my investors' money, this is the best place for me to invest a billion dollars. And they have a wealth of opportunities. There's so many unbelievable private and public companies that are on sale that are, no pun intended, on life support. Like There's a lot of places they could put their money. So to take this billion dollars and put it into Airbnb right now when Airbnb is like not operating, I think occupancy is below 10%. This isn't a bull market investment when they're at 100% occupancy and everything is going well and they think the music will never stop. This is the exact opposite. There is no music. This is as dire a situation as it could get. And some of the smartest private equity investors say, here's a billion dollars. We believe in you and your future and your health and your community and your management and your team and the future opportunities. And this is the best investment we can make with our billion dollars. And so if you didn't get it, hopefully you get it now.
0: Right. Right.
1: So good news.
0: Yes, absolutely. More
1: good news, not Airbnb related, but New York City's uh, announced that like the worst case scenario in their models for a number of hospital beds and ICU and deaths mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. It seems like the models were maybe a little too aggressive and wrong. And it seems like we might be flatlining a little bit earlier and this is gonna be a terrible week or maybe terrible two weeks and there's gonna be a lot of loss. But like, if you look for green shoots, if you look for positivity, if you look for positive announcements, there's more vaccines being developed and more antibody tests and more testing and the different experimental drugs are starting to work. And so like, I don't wanna get ahead of myself and say that, you know, the worst is behind, but I am saying it's darkest before dawn. It's pretty darn dark and we're starting to see some Rays of light and let's just keep looking for the light and point towards that and aim for it and let's just get there.
0: Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Look for the What's light. What's next? So we have a question.
1: Okay, so here we go with one of the questions from our uh community, and I think it's a good one. So uh let's go ahead and play it.
3: Hi Richard and Erica. It's Kim, I just want to shout out and say hi. And also my question for the podcast is um, with all the changes that are going on, me is like coming from a place where I work eight hours a day face to face with people and don't usually sit behind a computer. My job is 100% computer based now and I'm working from home where I don't have an office. So can you help me come up with a plan to schedule my day, um, enforce some sort of accountability on myself, manage my time since I get real distracted um, at the computer screen? I don't know, planning the future, it's, um, it's been a struggle to kind of come up with a schedule. So if you have any tips or advice, I'd love to hear it. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye.
1: Great question. Um, Do you want to take a crack at it?
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. I would love to. Um, Well, I mean, it's just, it's so great to hear your voice, Kim. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, it is a fantastic question. And I think you're not alone. Um, what I would say is, you know, I think if you can mirror as much of your regular schedule as possible, um, you know, getting setting your alarm, getting up at the same time um, you know, especially, you know, Monday through Friday. And, um, you know, if you're somebody who is most productive, if you work out in the morning, um, figure out what that is, figure out what you can still do. I know, you know, I believe that you used to go to the gym and play basketball. If you can't do that, um, what is something that you can do? Um, is there, you know, a, a local gym that you, that's renting out, um, you know different you know equipment like spin bikes or jump ropes or you know any number of things um, because they're trying to generate revenue while people aren't you know coming into the gym um, and or, you know, going for a run or, you know, doing X number of push-ups, X number of sit-ups. I mean, there's so many like virtual classes, you know, that you can take. Um, and if you want some suggestions, I'm happy to share some, you know, with you, but if that's a form of sanity, do that. Um, also I think if you can, um, really try and outline, you know, going maybe even the night before, what do you want to accomplish the next day? What are the need to do's? What are the want to do's? What are the, you know, goals, um, you know, to try and take advantage and make the most of this time. I think that, you know, that could be really helpful. That could write it down. Um, and, you know, and I think if I, you know, and again, I would, (laughs) I would suggest that you explore the question, you know, what, what parts of your regular schedule, um, you know, do you really value and do you really want to keep and do you really want to adhere to? And what are the ones that you want to switch up? Cause now you can. Um, so I don't know, that's th- those are my initial thoughts.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me try and, uh, add a few thoughts to that. I think it's really important, as Erica suggested, that you try and keep to your routine. So if you used to wake up at six in the morning and go to bed at 10 o'clock at night or whatever that looked like and eat at seven, keep the, the hard lines pretty consistent. That'll automatically introduce some stability and a foundation that you're used to working within those parameters, so stick with those. But the main thing that I would suggest is to limit social media, yes. limit, um, yes watching the news don't introduce things into your schedule that you didn't have before and instead try to do what it is that you were doing before only better right now you have in your case you don't have the distraction of all these people in say hallways or in classrooms or whatever right so now you can focus just on preparing for the education and then delivering the education and spend more time preparing Uh, You also have the opportunity, as I shared earlier in the podcast, about viewing this as a gift. So what are the things in your day-to-day schedule that you didn't have time for before that you would like to include now? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that Eric and I are doing is a 21-day guided meditation by Deepak uh, Chopra, which has been really helpful for us because it is stressful times and we do want to be um, more calm and more thoughtful and more present and so we're turning towards meditation for 20 minutes a day as a starting point. Um, We are also doing exercises of gratitude which we want to include in our daily life because we find that when you're filled with gratitude, you can't be fearful. When you're filled yes. with gratitude, you can't be angry or resentful. So yes. we're replacing some of this negativity, not that we have, but that we see in the news and that we yes. see in social media that it's we're consumed so by. So we're toxic. we're removing that yes. and we're adding something that's positive and negative. Uh, Erica has been an uh, absolute Uh, wonderful thoughtful person through this period and she got spin bikes delivered so downstairs we now have two spin bikes in front of the tv and while we don't have the peloton bike we are using the peloton app and we broadcast uh, the peloton exercise and so daily we've been doing 45 minute rides and honestly it's the single best thing that we need you know normally we walk around and we exercise and i ski and we You know play and frolic in the ocean and do all sorts of stuff and to suddenly be you know confined into a condo um, just mentally isn't great and so moving and getting the blood flowing and the oxygen flowing and knowing that we're taking care of ourselves and we're loving on ourselves and we're investing our time and energy in ourselves mentally helps tremendously
0: the other thing i would also encourage not to interrupt you but be very very mindful about what you're putting in your mouth be very this is something that I am having to be very conscious of um, I could definitely definitely you know like get carried away or kind of eat my way through this <clears throat> period of time um, because you know five chips turns into you know sitting down and before you know it yum they're all gone and so I think you know like. Be mindful about what you're feeding yourself in all ways. Be mindful about what you're feeding your children in all ways, you know, whether that's on the television, whether that's on, you know, what podcast you're listening to, the social media. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's so true. You know, and, and as well, like just be mindful about how much are you consuming more alcohol than you normally would? Are you, um, you know, staying up later than you normally would? Are you consuming more calories than you normally would? You know, just take take care of yourself. Be just mindful. Be mindful.
1: I want to share two things. Um, the first one is we all have learned coping mechanisms for stress. Yes. And so Erica mentioned alcohol. Some of us will turn to alcohol to celebrate, but also to take the edge off. And so that's you know, other people will smoke a cigarette. Um, other people have even worse habits, and they could yell at a loved one, or take it out on somebody else, or. Blame, right? So like, be mindful of the fact that we are in a stressful environment, and a stressed nature um, at a point in time. What is it that you're doing that's unhealthy, and how can right. you replace it with something that's healthy? Right. And to share with um, people in a very specific example, Erica can be an emotional leader when things are, good. She celebrates with food, good food. Yes. Maybe it's dessert. I don't know, but something. And when she gets stressed, like we were discussing yesterday, how we were having these conversations and she was stressed and she turned to food again. And, you know, I was cognizant of it. I didn't say anything because I want her to deal with the stress, but think about what it is that you do when you're stressed. And are you doing that right now? And if instead of Doing it the same way, could you substitute it? Instead of smoking a cigarette, could you do five push-ups? Right. Instead of eating the the chocolate, could you grab a carrot stick? Right. right, just like these little things. But the more that you do that, the more self-aware you are, the more you start to love yourself, and the better you come out of it.
0: So, what I, the other thing I would say is, you know, be forgiving. Like, be kind to yourself. Um, yeah, I I definitely got after it, and you know. Ate, far more chocolate yesterday than I should have. Today's a new day, (laughs) you know, and so I'll just work it off. Um, Now is not a time where I want to beat myself up. Now is not a time when I want to have, you know, negative internal dialogue. Now is not a time when um, I want to be unforgiving or unkind, um, you know, to myself or anyone else. And, you know, the other thing that I would say is that you know, reach out and have the conversations and the connections with people that you normally claim you don't have time to. So I, you know, one of the things I did this morning that I loved doing that I never make time to do is I wrote, I think a half a dozen cards to family members and to friends. And I, like, it was a gift to me because I definitely got joy out of it. And I, love the anticipation that they're going to go to their mailbox and they're going to have a little love note, you know, from I better from be getting me. one.
1: I'm just <laughs> saying, like, if there's love notes going out and right. in my mailbox there's not one.
0: Right. But, I mean, and that's what I would And so, you know, one thing that I can definitely attest to is that I have, um, I've had more conversations with my dad, my mom, my sister. Um, you know, people just... That I choose to, that I want to, that I want to know, I that I love them, um, and that I'm thinking of them, and that my prayers are with them, um, and so, and I want to do that more and less social media, less yeah. n- news, less. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and. You know, conversely, for me, the news is really driving me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm in the zone. I need the news to know right. what's going on, to make decisions and to formulate theses. And like, I don't get scared by it as much as I get excited and motivated. Right. Uh, so it's a very personal thing. It but is. I think in closing, yes. what I would say is this, Kim. Um, I would keep the boundaries that you set for yourself, rise at the same time, eat at the same time, go to bed at the same time, think about your daily schedule and what you're doing that you don't want to do and eliminate that, Mm -hmm. add in things that you do think add value to you. And then if it's helpful, literally create a calendar, a schedule, like from eight to nine, I do this, from nine to 10, I do this, from 10 to 11, I do this. And it could be things like teach this class, read, prepare tomorrow's curriculum, Whatever it is, but like create slots, set a calendar uh, reminder on your phone so like the alarm goes off. And then just like you would switch, you know, classrooms and classes and we go from teaching whatever the sixth graders to the seventh graders or we switch from this auditorium to that auditorium, like take out the next thing. I'm done with the curriculum and now I'm focused on X. But if it's helpful, literally line it out. And I think you'll find that you could have the most productive, say, 30 days in quarantine ever. Right. right? Because you're fully in charge. You can control everything that it is that you do. There's nobody else right. peering over your shoulder telling you, you must go here, go there, do right. that, interrupting you.
0: Right. And play with so, it. Yeah. Play with it. Play with it until, you know, have like you fun find with a... it. Absolutely. That's the key word. Play. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So. All right. Well, friends, Thank you so much it's for been, calling in. yeah, it's, it's been a nice, hour together yeah. or longer maybe 75 yeah. minutes it has um, and i very much appreciate your time and your attention uh, your efforts uh, your patience and i just want to remind everybody that it's a moment in time and we are going to blink and while we will never forget and life will never be the same chances are the fear and the pain that you're feeling now will vanish yes. before you know it All will be fine. Yes. So,
0: and I just want to put out there again, if there's anyone that is, that needs somebody, it would be an honor and a privilege to be that somebody. So please reach out. I would love to keep anybody company, um, for whatever period of time you need. But please, you're, you're not alone. You're not alone.
1: Absolutely not. All right, everybody. Thank you. Stay safe, stay healthy, remain uh, distant from people for the time being so we can all come together when this is all said and done. And thank you, Erica. (laughs) Thank you. The best is yet to come, everyone. Absolutely.
2: Take care. So that does it for another episode of the STRU podcast. As always, all links mentioned are in the show notes below. If you're serious about short-term rental investing, be sure to check out str.university. Till next time.